If you are a businesswoman working to amplify your six and seven figure business from success to significance, then you know it's not just about the right strategies or the right tactics. It's more and more about high caliber people around you, your team, your collaborators, and advisors that can open doors for you and widen your reach. Welcome to your Circle of Influence podcast with your hosts, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of your Circle of Influence podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Monica Ogando. And I'm Amy Walker. And today we're going to be talking about something that's very near and dear to (laughs) Amy's heart. And I giggle. I only giggle because I'm an empty nester and I remember the times. Yeah, (laughs) it's legit. You guys, it's legit. I have five kids. Four of them live at home. So today we are going to talk about working from home with kids without killing them. (laughs) Leave no trail. (laughs) We we want them to live to adulthood. We, our goal is to get them out of the house so we can be empty nesters like Monica. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, it's, it's tough, Monica. Like no. there, I, I can't even tell you. I mean, it's tough with one. Days. I don't know how you do it with five and now four. Lord have mercy. It, it's, it's legit. Yeah. There okay. are uh, multiple days where I'm trying to get stuff done. And there are kids like running up and down the hall, screaming outside my office. Uh, people miss the bus because they were lazy or did not listen to me when I told them to get <laughs> off the computer and put on their shoes. And yes. now I got to rearrange my morning and go and drive them to school. Yes. Um, there are kids that come home sick and, and like from the minute school gets done until the minute I go to bed, you know, I'm running somebody somewhere. So I, I kind of wanted to dedicate this episode to just sharing some of my strategies that I have found that work really well. Okay. Now here's, here's something that I think would be interesting for our audience to hear. What if we start this strategy conversation with mm-hmm. me telling you what I see from the outside looking in that you do okay. so well and then you can give us kind of like the behind the scenes look about how you get it all done. Cause we still wondering, Amy, we yes. all over here on the outside looking in are wondering how the heck you get it all done. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. I'm, okay. I'm down with that. <laughs> so the first thing that I noticed that you do really, really well is that you're very intentional about establishing and sustaining the level of support that you need in order to make it all happen. Right. Yes. You have you have people in your business creating automation. You have assistants. You have like uh, we love Sarah. Big shout out to Sarah. Sarah su- supports a, a lot. Steven mm-hmm. supports a lot. So there's there are people around you that are supporting you in your business so that you don't have to do it all because the Lone Ranger thing was never a thing. People, it was never mm-hmm. a thing. That's what it yes. should have stayed in Hollywood. It was not a cultural mandate. So that's number one is the is the support. Then number two is that you're very honest about your bandwidth. When you can and cannot do something, I have hardly ever, I know you probably have a feeling of overcommitment, but I have hardly ever had a feeling myself of when Amy says yes, eh, it might or might not happen. No, never, ever. When Amy says yes, it's because she's already thought about it and she already knows that she has the bandwidth for it. 
Yeah. So it's really funny hearing you talk about this because what I'm going to do is tell you how I got to this point Oh, <laughs> like, okay, okay. because good, I was good. bad at all of these things in the beginning and they yeah. were really hard and expensive for me. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you're saying these things that I do and I'm like, yes, now true <laughs> early. No bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the third thing that I'm going to say is that you're very honest and transparent about it because one of the things that makes, makes human beings like other human beings is that we see ourselves in them. It's kind of self-serving in a way, right? So when, when somebody can be relatable, when somebody can just be very transparent, it's like, I trust whatever you say about some other thing, because in the things that are uncomfortable, you've been very honest and transparent. So I know you'll be transparent and honest with other things as well. Right. And so um, I think that's part of it. And you do that with your children. Like I've been at Amy's house and I know the kinds of conversations that she has with her, with her children and she's not pulling punches anywhere. Yeah. So I, I love that. I also, Monica, you would have been so proud of me. So my son missed the bus, uh, <laughs> which he has missed the bus so many times this year. It's my senior too. It's like, you have been in school for a long time. You should know, know how, how to get works. to the That's bus right. on time. Right. Exactly right. So, um, I played him crisscross. I missed the bus at really high <laughs> volume and <laughs> wrapped along with it. Um, to incentivize him with life lessons on how to catch the bus. Yeah. He did not baby. appreciate it. Yeah, baby. But I bet but you he got to the bus. <laughs> he got to the bus the next day on time. So. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. So let's break this down. The first thing is, um, I would say is being honest about your uh, capability and capacity. And it is not unlimited and you cannot do everything that you want to do. So for me, the help and the support is, is transparency with my capability and my capacity. Mm -hmm. So if I do not have capability and capacity to do what needs to be done, then I have to get help. So we've, and we've gone through different phases in my journey of entrepreneurship. I mean, in the beginning, I remember it being, I had a neighbor that had, um, two little kids and mine was right in between hers. And I said, could we trade kids twice a week? I'll (laughs) give you mine for, you know, the morning. And then you give me mine yours for the morning. And, uh, she went out and did her grocery shopping without kids. She took naps sometimes and I worked. And that was my beginning of getting some help and recognizing my capacity, which was, I could not, I couldn't get anything done with a one and a half year olds, you know, like he needed constant care and attention, but somebody else could give it. And then, um, you know, right now, for example, I, last year, I think it was, I was like, I just, we need more support at home. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone through phases where we've had in-house support, mm-hmm. we've had nannies at home. We've had housekeepers at home. And then we went through a phase where our boys were getting lazy and we're like, and all of that privilege is gone. You will learn how to clean up after yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, went through another phase where my husband's schedule got busier and I was like, okay, we actually do need more help and support at home. The mm-hmm. kids are doing what they can according to their schedules. And it's still, there's still a little too much chaos. So I'm honest with myself about my capacity. And that is the hardest pill to swallow is that you are not superwoman. Mm-hmm. Do not mm-hmm. look good in spandex. <laughs> you cannot do it all by yourself. Oh, um, except for Spanx, everybody looks good in Spanx, but you know, <laughs> other than that, <laughs> leave the spandex to 
somebody else. You don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, the second thing you said was about overcommitting. So with this, I recognize and I embrace the idea that every time I say yes to something, I am saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning I had, this is how I had to do it. I had to say every time something would come to me, I would say, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, let me look at my schedule, look at my commitments and, and I will let you know by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I did not say yes to anything in this, in the moment, the spot, anything, yeah. mm-hmm. because then I could stop and I could say, okay, what am I saying no to? Am I saying no to family time? Am I saying no to my mental health? Am I saying no to my exercise? Am I saying no to, um, watching TV? Yeah. Am I saying no, you know, like, what am I actually saying no to when I say yes to this other thing? And mm-hmm. then I could also ask myself the question, why do I feel like I want to say yes to this? Is it because it's actually a good opportunity that I'm excited about? Is it because mm-hmm. I feel guilty? Is it because, um, I feel pressure? Is, is it because I feel like if I don't say yes right now, I might never get this opportunity again. It's just, that's mm-hmm. just never true. Like mm-hmm. great opportunities circle back around every time you're ready for them. Mm-hmm. So, um, that a lack of overcommitment came because I made that promise to myself not to say yes in the moment. Now I have since gotten so good at minimizing my life, um, which would be my, my next tip. I, I minimize my life, you guys. And the funny thing is my life is incredibly full, but it is only full of high value things. Mm. And if you think about most, how most people live their life, most people fill their lives with things that just keep their current status afloat. Yeah. And I don't, I don't spend time on things that are status quo type things. I dedicate my time. Like I, Monica, I am so proud of myself. Can I brag for just a second? Yes, please do. I have written, are you ready for this? Over 350,000 words in the last year. What? Yeah. I'm over 350,000 words written in the last year since I decided I wanted to be an author. And I assure you people that that time did not... (laughs) come out of nowhere. It came because it was like, all right, my priorities are shifting. And so I am going to shift my commitments with them. So my, I live a really lean life in terms of things that I do. Then when people are like, how do you do it all? I'm like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I only do a few things that are super important to me. I am dedicated to my business and that is as streamlined as possible. I am dedicated to my family. I am dedicated to my faith. I am dedicated to taking care of me mm-hmm. and I am dedicated to writing. Yeah. That's about it. You're, yeah. you're like, I dare you to find me doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not, I promise I'm not. Um, so the last, uh, well, actually I have two more tips. One is you have got to protect your workspace and you have to train the people to respect it. Yeah. Um, they don't know. So your neighbors that 
call you during the day and are like, Hey, I, can you blah, blah, blah. I know you're home. Nope. Sorry. I'm working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you don't even just say, no, sorry, I'm working. You can say, you know, I'm working right now. Could you reach back out to me when I'm done? Yeah. And by that time they will have found somebody else. And you only have to do that so many times. I mean, nobody calls their friend that works in an office during the middle of the day to ask for menial little things. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you just have to do it a few times and then they get it. Nobody, nobody invites me to hang out during the day. Nobody. (laughs) And I don't feel bad about that. I want that. I don't want you to invite me to hang out during the day. I'm tired of telling, you, no, I'm working. Right. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't take very long to train them. Um, and then with your family as well to let them know, um, when they can and cannot, interrupt because they do when you're, they're working at, when you're at home, sometimes they need to interrupt and how to interrupt mine. Know that they come, they open the door, they peek in, and then they wait silently. And when I am able to attend them, I will attend them. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's fast. And sometimes I have to hold up my hand and I have to say, like, give them five, say, come back in five. Um, but they know that that's what they do. They open the door quietly, they peek in and they wait silently. So you have to train them what that actually looks like because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So here's my last one. Mm-hmm. You, my, my friends, oh. my brilliant women, uh, you got to stop treating regular distractions like they're emergencies because <laughs> mm-hmm. they're not, if there is a true emergency, I will drop everything and go do it. If my mm-hmm. child gets in a car accident, mm-hmm. I will be there. If, um, you know, a family member is in the hospital, I will be there. Um, I've, I've had friends go to the hospital and I w- I am the friend who will cancel all of my meetings that day and show up to watch their children while they're in the hospital because nobody else is available. That is an emergency, but you know, what is not an emergency, your child forgetting their homework. That's regular life. And they need to learn the consequences. Um, It's not an emergency when uh, your sisters are fighting with each other via the family text thread and (laughs) can't get it together. That's not an emergency. That's regular life. And so oftentimes we let regular life distractions, we treat them like we're emergencies and we drop all of our business priorities in order to go to attend to regular life distractions. And as long as you do that, everybody will continue to think of you Mm -hmm. as the person who takes care of all of their stuff. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you stop, people respect your space and they respect your time. I'm not saying they like the transition, but it does not take very long in order to get things in alignment. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's powerful. And, and what a great way to teach. I mean, part of, part of, I think what works so well in how you do that, Amy, is that you are walking it out as you're learning and as you're iterating in your own business, you're, you're doing that also in front of your own sons, in front of your children so that they learn that it's like, Oh, Oh, I need to change my strategy. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. mom, mom changes her strategy all the time, as, mm-hmm. you know, to in in service of whatever works or whatever is going to get me to my goal faster or more efficiently or whatever. And so that they can see that it's like, oh, this forgetting thing, and then not being able to do whatever it is that I need to do. That that strategy ain't working. Let me tweak this. Right. Because <laughs> they see you do it all the time. Well, and the other thing is, they are truly my children are truly grateful for my time and contributions. Because they, they know 
how many other things there are that I could be doing. And they know they see me being intentional with my time. So they do actually say things like, Hey mom, thanks for coming to this. Thanks for, um, you know, driving for this, um, some more than others. Right. Uh, but here's the other thing that is so important as you do this, I want you to embrace that this is not being selfish, Mm -hmm. selfish. What it is, is it's, actually showing your daughters that they matter and actually teaching your sons that their partners matter. That's what we're doing here. We are a society that values girls ambition and then values women's, um, how do I want to say this sacrifice? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a little backwards. And it leads for a lot of women who feel very depleted and a lot of women who feel like they are spread too thin and they are not able to show up and be their best. I believe that the best thing that I can give to my family is to actually be at my best, to be happy, to be excited about life, to have energy, to, you know, have time to spend with them. And all of those things require me being incredibly disciplined with the stuff that I do. Um, it's not selfish. It is, it is the best gift that I can give them. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. And we are thankful (laughs) that you get to live this example out loud. So, um, we would love to know from you guys, what, um, what strategies have worked for you in being able to work from home with your kids in there. I think we all have gotten a taste of that over the past two years with mm-hmm. COVID. It sent everybody home and, yep. and we've had to figure out what it looks like to live and work from the same place when people have conflicting priorities or when there are limited resources, there's, you know, Wi-Fi issues, <laughs> TV access yeah. issues, refrigerator, snacks ran out, somebody ate my pudding, you know, <laughs> all those kinds of issues. <laughs> So we would love to know what works for you and what have you learned about yourself in terms of your own style of working. One of the things that when my children were at home, one of the things that I discovered and and partly one of the things that confirmed my night owl tendencies is that I like to work in complete silence. And there is no such thing as complete silence when these little rugrats are running around. Mm-hmm. So when they're running around, I would help with homework and I drive them here and there, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you're asleep, don't nobody bother me. You are not allowed to get up and pee. Okay. Go do that before you go to sleep so that you don't have to get up in the middle of the night. I want to hear it. I don't want to hear. I need to go to the bathroom. I don't want to hear. I need some water. I want, to, I want a story. I don't care. You're supposed to be asleep because this is my time now. <laughs> and that's that I kind of I kind of compartmentalized my life in that way only because I knew for myself I don't work well with um interruptions and mm-hmm. background noise and all that other stuff um and so now they are very clear that when I want mom's attention I gotta say I want mom's attention it can't be a hint mm-hmm. it can't just be walk you know waltz in and the doors open so why not Ooh, no we don't do that <laughs> So I, um, I'm very clear that, that we all get to do what works for us in the, in the way that works best for our family, that works best for our working style, and that works best for the kind of work that you do. You know, yeah. someone doesn't lend itself to that. Absolutely. Thank you everyone so much for joining us for another episode of Your Circle of Influence. Make sure that you subscribe 
and download more of these episodes. We also love when you leave us reviews and when you share with your friends, if there's an episode that was particularly helpful for you, go ahead and share it on social, let other people know and connect with us. I'm at Amy Walker coach and Monica is at Monica Ogando. Thanks everybody. Have a great afternoon.